Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA. It is Tuesday morning. Joining us from New Orleans, Louisiana, is Andrew Lopez. How are you, sir? 504 (laughs) boy. There we go. We had the special 330 pod last week with uh, me and CJ McCollum. This is is Louisiana podcast. That's uh, Anscape's Mark J. Spears. He's in Oakland, but his heart is always in Louisiana. That's right. I got some, um, I brought some gumbo home from New Orleans last week, put it in a suitcase. <laughs> My wife was having a fit. Uh, you better and, have sealed that sucker up because that could yeah, have been. No, no, it was frozen. It was good. <laughs> and right. It tasted real good too. And I got some PJs. Shout out to PJ's coffee. Made some PJ's coffee this morning. Uh, well, very helpful what? at PJ's coffee too. Making sure I, I heard you. I heard there are fans of you at PJ's Coffee. Um, <laughs> that's the word out there. You were you were trying to get uh, King Cake Coffee. Yes. Um, the King Cake thing in in uh, New Orleans is is uh, I had to learn about that when I yes. first started going to New Orleans about 15, 18 years ago. Well, I'm not longer than that. Twenty years ago. You like it? Uh, I like it, but I mean, I had never heard of it. I was completely yeah. foreign mm-hmm. to me when I went down there. And the the king cake baby, it's very upsetting. It's very very upsetting. You talking about the mascot, or are you talking about the, the actual in the in the no cake? that the actual mascot? Yeah, both. It's a very upsetting mascot. Do you think I'm out of line, yeah. Lopez? No, I uh, I can see how it could be very upsetting. What I would like to see them do, I've said this, I think, on Zach's pod. I would like to see them take king cake baby and the original Pierre. Like the Pierre red beak Pierre that yeah. scared children that they had to have like yes. emergency surgery to fix him <laughs> in the middle of the season uh, yeah. to this new fan friendly Pierre. Just bring them out for like a Halloween game every year. Like just <laughs> go find that suit, bring them out for Halloween every year. But you know, I, I had Brian. I still have, and I'm mad that I didn't get a buy a jersey. What, what was the name of the Miley baseball team? The King Cake. Oh, the 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 baby cakes. It's the baby cakes. I still got one of their hats. That was, they actually and, had. And I will say this: the marketing around that horrible. Uh, the actual logos and merchandise, standing. fantastic. See, L- Lopez doesn't remember this, but I dragged him into a a baby cakes um, gift shop after a Pelicans <laughs> practice one time. Get some Man. swag. Um, sorry, we could talk you guys, about. Does go on all day. Um, good luck. Good, good luck to the Tigers this weekend. Right? I'm going. You got to be. You are. I, 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 you I bet you. Be. I bet you would like that. I knew you would. Be. I was hurting last week, man. <laughs> that, 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 oh, that hurt me, man. The Texas A&M thing, but you know we ain't got nothing to lose, right? And it's Listen. at four o'clock, so if it gets bad, then I could just, you know. Go, <laughs> excuse go. yourself at, at my yeah. boy i'm going with eddie kennison i don't know if you remember meeting eddie kennison there mm-hmm. remember eddie kennison played for the chiefs played a little bit for the saints lsu wide receiver star yeah. friend of mine big wine aficionado and he said he said yeah bro if it gets bad we'll find a wine bar in atlanta somewhere that's, that's, <laughs> there you go that sound that sound good to me uh well the pelicans have won six of their last eight games they had a win over the thunder on uh monday tuesday night no monday night monday night monday night 
Yeah. And six of six of eight, even though poor CJ, you know, this pod has been known to take some people down. But CJ did the pod and like immediately went into protocols, like left the crossover pod that we did and said, uh, I'm in the protocol. He seemed fine on the pod. He didn't seem like he was I sick. But... I had lunch with him uh, two weeks ago, too. I was looking at the dates. <laughs> and the double well, check. He, he did not seem sick on the pod, but he hasn't uh, been seen since. So I hope CJ's feeling better. Nah, sure, um, man. Great man. Yeah, but without even without CJ, they've they've continued to win. And if I'm correct, Lopez, they're in a friendly portion of schedule. They've got yeah. um, seven out of eight games at home, uh, which in the end of it, in about a week, a little over a week or something, they have a baseball series against the Suns. Two games with the Suns in a rematch of the last year's um, playoffs. I don't know whether Chris Paul will be back for that because the Suns aren't being honest with Chris Paul's injury. Um, but uh, whatever, they seem to get away with it. Nobody cares, apparently. And um, the uh, hopefully the, the, the Pelicans will have uh, CJ back and ready to go for that. Um, but they're in a, a good portion of the schedule and they're playing well. Zion had a good game, uh, eight rebounds and eight assists on Monday night. That's a good, well-rounded game for him. Lopez, what's been, you know, the Pelicans were kind of underachieving there for a while. They were hovering around 500. Um, what's made the difference that's gotten them up in the standings here with these, uh, with this last couple of good weeks of play? Uh, honestly, it's been home games. Uh, they started their schedule this year, eight out of 11 on the road. Um, it was just a brutal schedule to start. So you, you mentioned that they're in this, this good stretch right here with, um, with six of seven at home. The one road game is at San Antonio, not on a back-to-back. You get to go, you travel, you rest, do all that. Um, and they've done a lot of this, you know. They just were in San Antonio like a few days ago. Yeah. They were. And that's where the CJ be- got sick. Day before Thanksgiving, and now they're going back to San Antonio, and, and, and they're they're done with their San Antonio trips for the year. But uh, for what you've seen is there's, they've they've kind of got going against teams you should be beating if you you, you want to be – you know, a top four team in the West, which is their goal, which is the way, where they want to be. Um, and they've done a lot of it with guys being in and out of the lineup. They've played 20 games so far. They're 12 and eight. They are six and two in games that CJ, Brandon Ingram, and Zion Williamson are able to finish. They've only been able to finish eight of 20 games with those three. Seven and three in the games that B.I. and Z have finished. Brandon's gone out of two games that they that they end up losing because of um, because of injuries. Z has kind of got injured in two games and kind of finished it. Well, he, he didn't finish the Utah game either. But uh, despite that, you're 12 and eight. You know, you're, you're looking you're obviously close to the top of the West standings. You're six in offense. You're fifth in defense, which I think is uh, what maybe nobody saw. That's a yeah. stunner, man. <laughs> I, I think we were, you know, talking – if they could just be league average, you know, you had a, you had high expectations for what they could do. And the fact that they're fifth has been great. And I, you know what, I – we, we you know, we can talk about a lot of his defense, but Zion's defense in the last three or four games has been uh, better than what, what I think the average fan would expect. He had the three blocks against the Thunder. Should, I think – you remember a couple of weeks ago, he like, he asked for a grade, like somebody asked him to grade his defense. And then he said, no media, you grade my defense. He was kind of being a little condescending, but um, 
let's let's just grade Zion see if it's after every every game, right? Why not? So oh, he let's, did, let's he, not let's not grade the Jeremy Grant play. Yeah, <laughs> that one take that one out. That that was that's the outlier. <laughs> you, you just scratch that one. Yeah. But so that kind of started where because we had been asking him about his defense a lot because after the Brooklyn game, we asked him, "Hey, how did you feel on that end? This is the, the season opener." He's like, ah, let me watch film and then ask me after the Charlotte game. So we asked him then. So, you know, we've asked him periodically, how do you feel about your defense? Like, how would you say? And I, I think he got a little tired of it, so he just starts to flip it. Um, last night he did it uh, He did it again, but I think he was he, – he did that one completely in jest. Like, he was, he was in on that joke last night, but he has been better on that end. There's obviously been some – you know, some guards that have broken him down. Obviously, you know, Mark mentioned the Jeremy Grant play. Not not great, but overall, the the energy, especially since he's come back from this this last foot contusion, I want to say the last three or four games, his energy level has been there. That San Antonio game we mentioned before Thanksgiving might have been the best first half I'd seen him play defensively since he's been in the league. Um, he has just really stepped it up on that end, and, and I think the team as a whole know. Anytime you ask Willie Green, about Z's defense, he always goes back to Z's individual defense is part of our team defense. Well, team defense is fifth in the league right now, which again, I don't think anybody saw coming. Um, maybe even inside that building that they would be <laughs> number five. But that has been kind of the the way that they have started to to, to stack these wins against uh, again teams they 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 should be beating. So Spears, you have a piece that came out today, meaning Wednesday, I guess it's our tomorrow, but it'll be when this pod comes out about Herb Jones, um, one of the more fascinating young players in the league. Um, tell us about what you learned about Herb Jones um, uh, and the, the, it, when you were working on this piece. Well, first of all, I was I've been fascinated with him defensively, which kind of like drew my attraction to wanting to talk to him when I was in New Orleans. I mean, defensively, those blocks that he's become famous for, blocking three-point shots. Um, uh, the last, the, their game on Monday, he, he just had a couple incredible defensive plays down the stretch. You know, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is one of the top. He should be an all-star probably this season, right? One of the yes, top scores. If he's in not, the there's league. gonna be an investigation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the top scores in this league, but you know, he, he had to work to get past 30 um uh, because of Herb. You know, Herb slowed him down uh in the final minute, causing him into a turnover and to an offensive charge. And so I, you know, visit with the guy the other day, just wanted to talk about defense. And I think, you know, a little tip from Andrew over here about his eccentrism off the court, I guess. And that's the thing that I think makes the story sing because this dude is definitely not your typical NBA <laughs> player, man. And I look, no. <laughs> I, I, I come from the years of of gaudiness, Allen yes. Iverson, Mello, Kenyon Martin, you know, all oh, that. Man. Not, this not dude, Herb Jones. <laughs> no, not Herb Jones. He he drives to games in the 2018 Dodge Charger. It has about 65,000 miles on it has no interest in getting a new car until the wheels fall off of this one, right? This is an NBA player. He walks into the arena with no care in the world about the cameras, uh, about the pictures for social media or television. And he likes, he, he goes by the saying, if it's free, it's me. 
Yes. So he wears <laughs> yeah, CJ McCollum on the pod last week talked about we were talking about cryptocurrency and he's yeah. like, I know who didn't buy any. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so he wears team issue sweats to the game. This ain't Kuzma. This ain't Russell Westbrook. <laughs> you know, this ain't Chris Paul, man. He his stuff says Pelicans. And I'm like, well, why you wear that? He's like, it's free. And it's a two minute walk from my car to the locker room. And then once I go in the locker room, I'm going to change my clothes anyway. So yep. I might as well come in comfortable. Um, he was a business major at the University of Alabama and probably about my, my uncle, God rest his soul, from New Orleans. They called him Squeak because they said his pockets were so tight uh, from money that, that they squeaked, right? I, I could call this dude Squeak, man. He don't spend no money. They, he didn't go on vacation. Um, Larry Nance Jr. offered to pay for yep. him to go to vacation because he kept seeing had to, him, had to get him out the gym, had to get him, out, to get the him gym. out the gym and he declined. But his dad told him to take a rest, a two day vacation. So he went to a small town in Alabama that he's from and he slept for a day and then he, <laughs> and then he went fishing for a day and then he drove back to New Orleans on the charger. Like he just Did, didn't catch anything fishing either. He was, he was he very did. upset about that day. Okay. He probably I didn't pay bet. for bait. He probably just put the, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put a stick just with a, there. A, a, <laughs> a hook on the back. But he um, he just, you know, financially, he's like, I want to spend money on my children. That's what my money's for, for my children's education. I'm like, oh, how many kids you got? I, I don't have any kids yet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But I think that was his, like, kind of simple way of talking about how generational wealth is important to him. So he said, if my brother, my mom, my dad, family, close friends need something, they know they could come to me. But otherwise, I ain't I ain't spending nothing, and I and and then I saw then I asked him about social media, and he's like, "This is the thing I think the NBA players and probably most people in general should listen to." He's like, "I post some pictures that the team gives me, typically basketball related. He has some J Cole stuff he posts from time to time on Twitter, or he talks about his dog on Instagram." Um, but he said, "If you." Get, you could sick, get succumbed or by social media and it just ruins you mentally. It's like, cause you start reading what everybody has to say and you, you act like you can glance at it, but he's like, you can't glance at it. Some point it's going to catch you and it's only going to bring negativity. So said he doesn't spend any time on social media, man. So he sounds like the dude just fishes, plays video games. That's like, Last thing I said is like, hey, you're, you're, the owner of your team owns one of the biggest Mercedes dealerships in greater <laughs> New Orleans. Like in the, and, and I'm like, I'm sure she could get you a discount on a Mercedes. <laughs> she drives one of the most beautiful Maybachs oh, into the sh- arena. Okay. Let me just, 30 second time. <laughs> yeah. It is a gorgeous car. It is a gorgeous car. Can you explain and it to the listeners, Brian, what we're talking about? So, you know, many arenas in the NBA are below ground. You know, you've been in many arenas, probably if you're listening, you go in, you go down. The Pelicans Arena, Smoothie King Center, is at street level because, you know, I don't know if you, you heard, but sometimes New Orleans can't gets go a down. water. It's <laughs> a little water in there. No I don't want to bring up baby. any bad memories, all right? But um, yeah. so as a result, like when you walk in off the street, um, you walk straight into the where the court is. So, Mrs. Benson, she is not Gail. She is Mrs. Benson. Mrs. Benson. Um, you know how that goes. 
Yes. She a, has a special a parking thing. place. Yeah. She she has a parking place in the arena. And I mean like how close is it to the court? Andrew? Oh, it's it loading like dock. Oh, it's well, like but, in the loading dock. It's like it's the a, loading dock is like sort of the outer outer. Area. Yeah, is, yeah. They open the door like, at the loading dock and she drives. Yeah, in. she is like the and, buses are outside because there's no room to put buses in the arena. Uh and then she just pulls in right. <laughs> right behind the buses well, she don't and, pull and, in and, well, she is you're right driven. she has she has a driver well, she I bet has, you she's never driven that car she so it respectfully is, said it is some sort of super gorgeous high-end maybach and it is always beautifully waxed there's not a yeah. speck of dirt no on it. It was, i don't care what kind of rain is outside her hair <laughs> is perfect clothes right what is she is she's wearing i don't want to insult i don't you know she's wearing i think Chanel. she gets her clothes made like probably no no like, there's no question about that it is yeah but she she's, is she's sp- yes. probably the most spectacularly dressed owner in the, in the in sports she is um yes. not flamboyant she, just elegant. no elegance the word yeah elegant but she she could probably help him upgrade the 2018 charger no which is your point <laughs> and and there he, are many he, there are many team issued um benzes around for execs and on both sides pels and saints if you you know there's there's lots of benzes around and no herb that's just that's just who herb is though and that's yeah. that's who herb's been her we saw herb and you mentioned him wearing the pelicans gear all the time and right? slides and slides always slides I think he has to put shoes on when he sits on the bench and he doesn't like it uh, if he's not he's, if he's not <laughs> playing in the game. But he had a WNBA sweatshirt on once. And we're like, oh, you bought a WNBA sweatshirt? And he's like, no. When, the, when we went to the Philippines, he went to the Philippines as part of like NBA Cares. He's like, they were giving out NBA, giving out sweatshirts. So I took one of those. And so I wear that now. It's in my rotation. His eyes, got, his eyes which have a, you know, he's got a very sleepy eyes. He's very hairy, yeah. heavy eyelids. His eyes open. The only time they ever open is when he sees free gear. Yeah, and he gets very excited. That one, can he I, can take a charge or throw the ball off of uh, Poku's back to win a yeah. game, which he, is how he ended Monday night, taking a charge with two point three left on Shea, and then immediately coming back around and doing the throw the ball off the back of the defender trick when he's turned around on the inbounds play. I've never seen that play at a stage of the game. Yeah like that late in the game where it matters. I've always seen it like, oh, it's third quarter or second quarter, and you guys can you can steal an easy bucket under the goal. Never seen it. Crazy, at, crazy basketball IQ. At that point. By the way, he said last night uh, or Monday night, he has never done that before. He had never attempted that in the game. He had never tried it in the game. He just saw Poku turn around and go, okay, I'm going to do this right now, and wins the <laughs> game for, yeah. for the Pels, hits the two free throws right after. And seals no, the game. He's, he's so he was guarding uh, Shea Gildas Alexander a lot on Monday. Um, yeah. yeah, these are stats from NBA.com. Will Guillory of the Athletic tweeted him out, but NBA.com stats. Shea, as you know, is has 15, three, 15 30 point games this season. He leads the league in 30 point games, and he also had 30 on Monday night. Okay, but when Herb was guarding him, Shea was two of nine from the field. Only scored six points, had four turnovers, three times her blocked his shot. And one of the things that Shea Gildas Alexander does so well is get to the line, draws fouls. He's become so adept at that. That's one of the reasons he's gotten so efficient. 
he drew nine fouls against the Pelicans, which is what he does. But Herb only fouled him twice. Yeah. And the thing about Herb, you know, he's got he's six foot eight, so he's got terrific NBA size. I went and looked his um, his wingspan measurement at uh, the co- at the draft combine was seven feet. Wow. He's got seven foot wingspan. Wow. Obviously, plays very intelligently, um, and he's kind of ideally built to defend because he's got great length, um, but he's he's kind of built like Mikhail Bridges, who's almost the ideal defender yeah. in the modern NBA. Tremendous length, but he's slight enough that he can get around screens and. He, you know, he's, he's just elusive defensively. He's hard to get in his way. He's not going to shut anybody down on the post, but the thing about it is like, even if you try to take him in the post, his arms are so long, yeah. you're going to have a hard time shooting over right. him. Even if you get into position. Um, now the, 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 the knock on him has always been, you know, he doesn't shoot the ball well. Last year, he shot the ball way better than I thought he would from three-point range. He shot 34, 34, 35% from three. This year, he struggled a little bit, Andrew. Yeah. Um, he's come back a little bit, but still. Yeah. He's made a three in each of the last three games. So he's hitting, it's hitting it's a It's starting few. to come back around. It's starting to come back around, but that was one of the reasons that he was able to, to get into the starting lineup last year. Here's the, the, the funny thing about her. Summer league, his, his rookie season, he wasn't even a starter on that summer league team. Neither was Jose Alvarado, by the way. Um, Who was a coach? It, it was uh, <laughs> Willie coached that team. Oh, Willie, Willie was the coach on that team. Willie Willie was going to coach. Teresa was. Uh, he, he, was he made him coach earn, a couple uh, games. And what they would do was the idea the, the original plan, at least in summer league, was Herb was going to be like this switchy five kind of guy. Like he was going to be their Draymond esque kind of just let me, you know, you can guard anything. And then he gets to Nashville where they had pre-camp. They had evacuated due to the hurricane. They evacuated due to Hurricane Ida. There was no power in the city for a little bit. So they they had pre-camp in Nashville. And he just started shutting everybody down. And I heard you heard whispers then like, no, Herb's going to come out and he's he's going to play. And you're like, but whose minutes? Like who who who's he going to lose? And I think it was maybe Josh Hart gets hurt in the first game of the year. Mm. And all of a sudden, game two, it's like, all right, Herb, by the way, you got to go guard Zach Levine tonight. And he just kept his spot ever since then. And the shot has started to, to come back around this year. He's obviously now a was, – wasn't even listed as a forward on the All-NBA defense ballot last year. He's, you know, been he, – but he'll guard – obviously the best guy every night. And it's something that, that Herb relishes. And I mean, he does things I've seen her blocks block three pointers over screens or through screen. Like the, he yeah. is still contact is still there from the screen and he's blocking the three point shot. There was a play last night that he had against Shay where Shay, where he jumps, Shay gets him with the pump and he's able to get back up and block Shay's shot before uh after getting caught with the pump i mean it was just a ridiculous play by herb i mean he can he is one of the reasons they are able to do what they do defensively um and have you know and be fifth in the league it's a a lot of it is centered around him obviously a lot of it is team defense but when you you have a guy like that it does make things uh, a heck of a lot easier and he um I, i did ask him i said what made you fall in love with defense 
And he said it started when he was a kid playing one-on-one. Like he didn't want to lose one-on-one game. So he figured if I shut somebody down from scoring playing one-on-one, I'll get a basket or two, the baskets I need (laughs) to win. And so it was at that point that he, you know, during his youth that he fell in love with defense. And he's like, his aspirations are, are to make the all defensive team this year. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the thing he is, he really, has like he hidden numbers that you, you yeah. probably, it's not like he's going to lead the league in blocks or maybe not lead the league in steals, but like a lot of stuff that he does misses stats. You know what I mean? And so, but, but those that know who know that he's, he's a monster defensively. By the way, he does make double the league minimum when the Pelicans drafted him. They, they, yes. Did not give him the minimum as some second round picks get. Some second round picks these days. He was the thirty fifth pick, so he would not have gotten the minimum probably anyway. But he got three he got years guaranteed and, money too. Yeah, he got two years and three point four. making one seven this year. He's making one seven. Um, he got three. He got two years and three and a half guaranteed. And I'm. I think I can comfortably say the team is going to pick up their option on him for next year. Yeah. What does uh, a guy yeah. like that make, Brian, like come free agency time? Is he, I assume he'll be restricted. Like, yeah, he, he won't be a free agent until 24, but um, he's worried about establishing generational wealth. If he stays on this path, he will have generational wealth. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, but like, is, it's not yeah. like, He's not under the rookie. Is he under the rookie scale in terms of extension? Or I'm kind of confused on what somebody like that makes second round. Yeah. So, so kind of good news, bad news when you're a second round pick, if you're a second round pick, obviously you're not going to have guaranteed money. um, And you're also, you know, going to get less than the higher picks if you do sign, but your contracts are often shorter. So if you are good as a second round pick, you will get paid faster. So if he'd been a first yeah. round, let's say he was the 30th pick instead of the 35th pick, he wow. would have also had $2 million guaranteed or two years guaranteed like he did, like he does now, but he's only got a three-year contract. Whereas yeah. the 30th pick in that draft has a four-year contract. So he will, he's in position I and mean, he's still got to handle his business for the next year and a half, but he's in position to actually start making real money in his fourth season. And so, you know, I have no idea what the market will be, um, you know, in, um, in 2024, but a player of this level of defense, even though he's not a great shooter, even if he can get himself back to average shooting, I mean, he is looking at a, without question in my mind, I don't even think this is controversial. He's looking at an eight figure per year payday. Wow. So, you know, um, you know, he will be, uh, I would assume at the very least the mid-level and I would guess almost certainly above it based yeah. on, uh, I don't want, I just don't want to get locked in and all of a sudden I've said something and it's attributed to me. I just, but <laughs> he's, you know, assuming health and assuming he stays on this path, he's going to be a very wealthy man. And if he wants to drive the judge charger and keep wearing the, the, the team, team issued gear, gear. Yeah. That's fine, but he will have tens of millions in the bank uh, doing so. So uh, let's put it this way. If you could buy stock, you remember how Spencer Dinwiddie tried yeah. to sell stock in his future and it didn't really work out. If jo- if Herb Jones did offer that, which he won't, oh, buy. Um, <laughs> you wish you should buy. That would be my, that would be the best way I could say it. So something interesting happened um, last night in this game. 
Lopez, um, Dyson Daniels, who's the rookie uh, lottery pick that the the first um, piece that the um, I would say it's the first piece because they're they branding, but the first draft piece that yeah. they have from the Lakers from the Anthony Davis trade um, is Dyson Daniels, the guy that they drafted in the, what was he? Ninth, eighth last year. Eighth. He's eighth, 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 eighth overall. Hey, listen to the CJ McCollum show where every week, New Orleans Pelican star CJ McCollum discusses names and storylines in and around the NBA with inside perspective. You can only get from someone in the locker room, and on the floor. That's the CJ McCollum show. Listen, wherever you are listening to this podcast. It's time to knock that new business idea out of the park with Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Forget the off-season work. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling warm-ups or wall hangers, it's time to start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build the relationships that create those diehard fans. Shopify fields all the sales channels to grow winning business. From an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is on your team every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world score their first sale with Shopify, and you can too. Shopify is the secret to becoming a business champion by making it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere, taking the guesswork out of selling. When you're ready to take your winning idea to the world, team up with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Try out Shopify for free today and start selling anywhere. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. Um, rookie from Australia who was in the G League Ignite last year. He played up against Josh Giddy, uh, who's the second year with the Thunder. That was somewhat of an interesting moment in the NBA. I wondered if you could tell us why. Yeah, so last night with, with those two guys facing off, it was the first time that NBA Global Academy teammates had played against each other um, in an NBA game. Um, earlier this year, I think it was Daniels and Ben Mathurin had played against each other. Um, Mathurin, who is is from Canada, played at the NBA Academy in Mexico, the, the, the Latin America Academy. So that was the first time that that happened. This was the first time teammates had happened. But now you're starting to see all of these guys. The Academy started in 2016. And now you're starting to see these players make it to the league and be able to play against each other. The Academy program it's it's four different academies: Australia, India, Mexico, and then Senegal. It used uh, to be three in China, but they don't want you to mention that. But there did used to be three in China. <laughs> so produce nothing. Uh, these guys right. have uh, won. Uh, I think the Global Academy Championship, playing with each other. They have, they have obviously had a lot of experience. Um, the, the two Australian guys, and so last night being able to do that just kind of showed where this program has has grown 
so quickly that, I mean, Giddy was a top pick. Uh, Dyson's a top pick. We see what Ben's doing in Indiana right now. Um, obviously, you know, all those guys had kind of different paths to the NBA. Uh, you know, Dyson did G League. Obviously, Ben was, you know, in college. But it, all of these guys kind of starting to come out of this has been, um, you know, I think a, a, a proud moment for the academy. Yeah. Um, Spears, you spent some time with the Basketball Africa League, the mm-hmm. BAL, which is going on right now, or maybe it just wrapped up. But um, so th- the academy, the NBA academies are starting to produce some fruit in the league. Yeah. And um, I've already been told the next Australian, I was talking to an international scout, and I was told the next Australian to watch who's at the, who's at the academy now is a 16-year-old who's seven one named Rocco Zakarski. Um, great basketball name. It's a great, it's a great <laughs> sport name, right? Rocco Zakarski. Um, doesn't sound like an Australian, but you um, tell me, you told me Rocco Zakarski. I think he's like a middle linebacker from like the fifties. Yeah, yeah. Right. It sounds like, it. and I can't <laughs> believe I'm talking about a, a guy uh, prospect. I'm, I'm, I'm no Jonathan Gavoni, but I'm talking about a guy who was born in 2006, mm. which was Golly. my fourth year covering the NBA. Jesus Christ. The NBA. Um, but uh he's he's at the he's the guy at the academy in Australia now, which is known as the Center of Excellence Center for Excellence, I believe, or um mm-hmm. Institute of Sport, AIS, mm-hmm. Australian Institute of Sport. Uh his Center for Excellence is his team. But um I've told been told to keep an eye on him. But but speaking of Africa Spears, the African Academy, uh, I have been told so they they had a um Basketball Without Borders last year in Cairo, um, Egypt. And there were some NBA folks who went over there. Uh, Steve Kerr, who's the U.S. national team coach, now was there. And a bunch of NBA folks were there. And coming out of there, there was a young man. I believe he's 17. Uh, Maybe he turned 18. Um, Thierry Darlan or Darlan. I don't know how you pronounce it. Thierry Darlan, uh, again, I'm no Gavoni, um, and he's six foot six uh, shooting guard who a lot of folks say at the academy in uh, in Senegal. He's from South Africa, but he's the um, the NBA academy is in Dakar, and um, so one of the things that the basketball yeah, Africa it's actually in does, uh, Sally. Oh, I'm sorry. How far is that from Dakar? It's about 45 minutes. Okay. Right, but, well, roughly depends. <laughs> I depends on what's going on that day. <laughs> I understand. So the the Basketball Africa League gets all their teams together, and uh, I believe it was last week in Cape Town or yeah. Johannesburg. Um, and the Academy League sends its team there, and um, you know the Academy players are in their teens, whereas the um, you know the the Basketball Africa League guys are. Uh, in their 20s and, and and a lot of them are in their late 20s i mean the basketball africa league it is new as as an nba entity but th- a lot of those teams previously existed they were just sort of incorporated by the nba so some of them have players who've been there for years and they have 28 year olds 30 year olds the point is you put teenagers against you know grown men it doesn't always go that well well in this event last week in in south africa i guess uh, darlin or darlon uh, only was more impressive. So uh, he's coming over to 
the G League Showcase is in three weeks in Las Vegas, and they're bringing the African uh, um, Academy players over to Las Vegas. And I suspect you might hear some more of it. So some more about him after all the all the uh, scouts get to see him. So Spears, um, I've the you and I share the belief that Africa is the frontier of the next yeah. wave of NBA stars. I mean, next wave. I mean, they're already here. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Giannis is of African descent. I know he's Greek. Yeah. He's of African descent. Joel Embiid. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot Pascal of players. Siakam. <laughs> yeah. And well, Pascal they... Siakam, if you know his story, like he he was a soccer player until he was a teenager. Like the, I don't know about there are more about more Joel Embiid's out there because that's a, a man of incredible athletic size. But there are more Pascal Siakams that have yet yeah. to be discovered in Africa that are coming. And here, yeah. here comes maybe another one now. And and so I went out there um, for the Basketball Africa League portion in uh, Dakar, Senegal, um, in in March uh, the, of this year, and got to spend a lot of time with Roland Houston. Roland Houston is an American who who coaches the players at the uh, basketball. I mean, at the NBA uh, Africa Academy. Um, which is in Sally, which is a beach town uh, in Senegal. Beautiful place. If, if you want to get to Africa and, and do an Africa starter kit, you could get to Senegal in seven hours from JFK, which is something people should know. But anyways, um, what what the Basketball Africa League did that was, I thought, cool and brilliant, and shout out to Amadou Fall, my former UDC teammate who runs it, is they had kids from the academy play on basketball Africa League teams last season. And one kid that stood out was uh, Bob, Bubakar Sane, Bubakar, Bubakar Sane, who uh, ended up getting a ton of interest. He played for uh, the Cars, Senegal's team, I think they're called REG, and um, got a ton of interest from co- uh, colleges, American colleges, but ultimately he ended up signing with the Ignite. And um, so keep an eye on him. He's somebody that he can't go in the draft this year. He could go in uh, 2024, but he is, you know, I, I, I talked to uh, Gorgie Jing about him, probably the biggest name basketball to Senegal. Um, and it's a gun of job, sir. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> Maktar would tell me different, right? He'd tell me he's the first Maktar, but anyways, yeah, yeah. Um, Gorgie's like this kid is different than us, the 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 bigs that I just mentioned. He's athletic, he's special, he's a small forward, um, and uh, he did well in the basketball Africa league. So keep an eye on him. The one thing that's kind of funny and interesting was, um, you know, Derek Rose through Gorgie has been like really enamored with Senegal doing things there. So this summer he brought his AAU team from Chicago out to Senegal. And I think the kids might've been a little cocky, right? Like Chicago, <laughs> Chicago boys, like this going to be some right, easy, right. easy victories. Right. So first they brought them to the seeds Academy, I believe in, in, in Thice, Senegal. And they they got like one of the most great crackerjack gems you'll ever see, right? And these kids, man, it's it's basically a basketball school where Gorgie came from, 
and maybe Sana came there from there too, but um, Derrick Rose's team got their butt kicked, man, by, <laughs> by this team, <laughs> by Seed's team. And, and I heard that they were quiet afterwards, and then they went and played the NBA Academy, African Academy kids, and they got mopped up by them too. So I think it kind of like, whoa, Africa's coming, man. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> look. I mean, look at Pascal Siakam, yeah. Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo. No, no, no resources, no teaching, no gyms, really, right? And the NBA is investing there. And look, yeah. Victor Wembanyama. Look, he's born and raised outside Paris, but his dad is former track star from the Congo, yeah. Congolese. So he's of yeah. you know significant African descent as well. So, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, it's it's. I mean, it's you know. You, we I mentioned earlier about how they had the academies in China and just couldn't develop uh, the Chinese players. And after Yao, there was this belief that there would be this stream of giant Chinese players. And I've had long conversations with coaches in China about why that didn't happen. And I'm not going to go into it now, but the, the, there's, there's no question about the ability of the Africans. And so. And, the and, Africans, and you know what they remind me of Brian? Like, like now, and, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong. But the African-American NBA player coming into the league now is, is, it seems a little different. Um, that They're coming from more of families that are for, they're not first-generation college students anymore. Sometimes yeah. they're second and third. Most of them, a lot of them are second-generation NBA yeah. families. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and how so many sons do we got? These we aren't got a the lot days of, of like, yeah, I mean, you, you see some guys that, that came through some tough environments, but the days of seeing the Kenya Martins and the Iversons and, you know, guys I grew up seeing, Mello, like their their upbringings, is, it's, it's not quite like that. Um, there's a lot of fathers involved. This ain't, you know, the, there's a different, but those kids from Africa, they remind me of the kids from 20 years ago. We're like, yeah. yo, this is my way out. Um Either I could get an education or education and play in the NBA. Like, this is my chance. And they're so thirsty, so hungry, want it so bad. And um, I, I see a thirst there that I'm, I'm not saying that the younger American kids, black kids aren't thirsty and hungry anymore. But I, I feel a thirstiness from the players coming from Africa that I remembered seeing in the NBA 20 years ago. 25. I think it's just a. I think it's just a different type of hunger. It's a different type of, of like want a to. boxer hunger. It's it's know? just a like you kind of said. Like there's the the this is the path out. This is I can going back to herb. Like this is I can create the generational wealth type situation and do so much more, even if it's just education. Instead of you know even if I never step foot in the NBA. If, you know, a college takes me and that's a four year degree wherever I'm at, you know, all of a sudden you you, you see that there. And um, to, I, 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 that, I see that for part of your point, though. Um, that's Just great perspective. the, the thirst uh, to, to, to change your life out here is beautiful to see, man. It's, it's really beautiful. You can see it in their eyes that they want this, uh, even if it's just meaning that it's going to take them to a free education. Like. The, the poverty that you see with these kids, man, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, but they see this 
basketball. Um, you know, that's why I told Amadou, I said, you're, you've built a bridge from Africa to the United States for these kids. You should always yes. be proud of. And, you know, obviously Masai Ujiri with his Masai Giants of Africa well. program. Maktar as well. All, has, all yeah. the OGs of Africa basketball, man. It, what they're doing for, for the kids back home, uh, unbelievable. You know, uh, yeah. Luau Dang, you know, Gorgie. Like, it's, it's, it's beautiful to see. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Um, before I appreciate that perspective. Before we go, I wanted to talk about one of the surprise teams that had a big performance uh, early this week. And that's the Washington Wizards. We have not gotten to talk about the Wizards on the pod. Um, they have been having an overachieving season. They actually had some news uh, today. Um, they have a new uh, part owner, uh, a billionaire, Jeffrey Skoll, who is um, one of the original founders of eBay, just bought a piece of the Wizards um, today. And um, it's interesting because there's a belief that um, Ted Leonsis, who their owner is, might be trying to buy the uh, Washington Nationals. So um, just a little side note. But anyway, um, I got to say this about the Wizards. The Wizards might have a big three. Now, <laughs> it's not, uh, you know, LeBron, Wade, and Bosch, but don't look now, but Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, and Chris Epps-Porzingis are putting up huge numbers, huge numbers. And, you know, a lot of people, including me, have questioned why Bradley Beal has been so willing to stay invested there. and like they've made some trades in the last two years that have built this team up. Now I don't know where they're going to be. I'm not, but they're 20 games in they're over 500. They've had a, a little bit of a favorable schedule so far in that. Um, uh, they've had three more home games and road games, but they're, they've had injuries just like everybody else. Um, and Beal missed Beal uh, was put on the, on the shelf a couple of times and had another bout with COVID poor Bradley. Like he's constantly getting COVID. I think this is like the third time he's had it. At least he missed the opportunity to go to Tokyo because he got COVID. Um, but so Beal is having a, he's not having one of his best seasons scoring wise because he's got more help. Quite frankly, he's averaging yeah. 24 points, 
he's he's um he's flirting with uh 50 40 90 because he's shooting 53% from the field, 38% from three, which we know he can shoot better. And he's shooting over 90% from the line. So he's having efficiency wise, one of the best years of his career. Kyle Kuzma has been red hot. And I've heard like some rumors and I've talked to some executives about some teams like saying, Oh yeah, you know, they're trying to get Kuzma out of Washington, various teams are trying to trade for Kuzma. I'm like, why, why would Washington trade him? Kuzma (laughs) is on a great contract. And he's producing at a very high level. Now, look, he 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 kind of ebbs and flows, but we know he's got the ability to defend. He doesn't always do it, but we know he's got the ability to do it. He's averaging 20 points, eight rebounds, four assists, shooting uh, 46% from the field, and he's extremely versatile. And frankly, as far as I know, he's a real likable guy in the locker room. He's a good guy great to guy. have on your great, roster. Great, great guy. Um, he's dressed as a little bit strange, but look, what do you want me to say? Um, I don't know. What uh, he got, about. I call it swag. He got swag. No question. He got and swag. then let's talk different about swag, but it's, he got swag. <laughs> it's different swag. Let's talk about Chris Porzingis. Chris Saps Porzingis has gone to Washington and been switched to center. That's the position that, you know, they tried to make him sort of a power forward a lot in Dallas Obviously, was disappointing there. Coming off the injuries, you're still worried about injuries, frankly. You're still worried about his knees. But he he put up 41 on Monday night. He's averaging 21 points. He's having the best year of his career so far. He's averaging 21 points, shooting 47 percent from the field, averaging eight rebounds, um, averaging you know almost two blocks a game. Um, and you know they got a whole bunch of guys in their rotation who are really effective players. Um, you know, Denny Avida has become a significant, a, 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 you know, a, a real defensive player, you know, like um, they had a nice draft pick with, uh, uh, or the, they made a nice trade there to bring in Monty Morris and he's had brought good stability yeah. to their Will team. He's not, yeah. Will Barton has, isn't actually playing that great, but um, yeah. But he'll, he'll break out of it, I'm sure. But uh, Corey Kispert, who was a draft pick um, last year, he's shooting 43% on threes. Um, Rui. Like they've, yeah, Rui is, you know, Rui's been up and down. He's, yeah. you know, he had his really away last year with a personal issue. And now he's got a, uh, he's got an ankle injury right now. Um, and they've been without. Um, uh, but they got some depth for once. Yeah, and they've been without DeLon Wright, who has a bad hamstring injury, or a bad, I think it's a hamstring injury. He's going to be out like a couple of months with that. But anyway, I just think Spears, um, the Wizards, like they got three guys playing at a really high level, and they're they're putting up victories here. And in the in the yeah. Eastern Conference, where you got some teams underachieving, how about the Washington Wizards overachieving to this point? You know, it's, it's funny. Um, I got some friends that are big Wizards fans. I told them they're the only two that I know. my 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 cousin hasib and my buddy troy uh but they like give me all these wizards updates all the time and they're so excited right now and and i'm excited for the wizards too man it's i don't know if there's a big market team in the nba that has had less success than them and some would say maybe new york i i posed this question to him the other day i said yeah but the knicks had a very successful 90s right 
in in terms of a big market team, like it, it would be great for the NBA for Washington to be something. And uh, I know Bradley's been patient. Porzingis, I think he's sh- always shown if he's healthy, he could yeah. be a problem. But to me, the key has been Kuzma, man. Like when Kuzma plays well, they win. And uh, he he's doing a little bit of everything. Except, you know, he might start selling chicken with mambo sauce out there at the games pretty soon. You know? <laughs> he's not shooting the three great. He's taking yeah. a lot of them. He's not shooting it great. But, you know. Maybe that's just room for improvement, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Nine assists the other day. I mean, he's um I I I think that was the you know, Lakers may be kicking themselves a little bit for that uh, that amongst other well, things, but that's been that's been yeah. that's been revisited. Yeah. But um no, I I'm I'm really happy for Coos that he's found a home at a place where he feels like appreciated and uh, I'm, I'm I know the Wizards fans love him and it's personality and game yeah um they've you know the 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 deal that they signed um beal to you know it was 250 million or whatever it was with with a no trade clause like it really put them into a box where you know because beal if beal does want to get traded at some point he can control the trade you know, he if he doesn't want to get traded for four first round picks somewhere because the team he goes to will be hampered, he can say, I don't approve it. And it was, it was a huge concession, huge concession, um, because with some of the injury things that Beal has had, you know, you, you're a little bit worried about that. Um, you know, and, and the Wizards have been burned with big contracts in the past. They got burned with Gilbert Arenas's big contract. They got burned with John Wall's big contract. Um, you know, I, I thought they would be hesitant. So, you know, they, they get themselves to a point where they are ready to give Beal the full max, which meant they weren't going to trade him. Um, they had to come to that decision at some point last year. And I mean, like, you know, they didn't decide to give him the full max on July 1st. That decision was reached well before that. Um, and to get that no trade clause was a huge thing. It's a huge thing that applies pressure to that franchise. And frankly, remarkable that Beal was able to get it. You know, his 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 agent Mark Bartlestein negotiating that. Um, but you know, Beal has had has done nothing but play in good faith for the Wizards. So I could you know I can understand why they felt like I still wouldn't have given it if I were them. But it's easy for me to say that outside the negotiation. To be honest with you. But anyway, he he got it, and so this team is under an amount of pressure to have success in the short term. And, but the, the, the Westbrook trade, you know, Westbrook got them to the playoffs and then Westbrook wanted to be out of there. Okay. He, he went to the wizards and said, please trade me to the Lakers. They were, they were not able to run an open auction. They were able to make a trade with one team and Tommy Shepard, their general manager smashed that trade out of the park. Smashed it. Shout out to Shep. Shout out to uh, one of the one of the all-time good guys in the NBA, and also probably the only NBA executive who lives on a horse farm, or to play uh, college football. Oh, good one! I don't know about that. I have to think about he that. Play, he played a uh, linebacker in New Mexico State. Yeah, so you know, Kuzma and Porzingis are two guys that he traded for 
um, after the Westbrook situation, because like, I don't, I don't think Beal and Westbrook were like um, a pairing that was headed to Eastern conference finals, but it was a pairing that it took them a year, took them that whole season to figure out how to play together. They did. They yeah. make it into the playoffs. They were one of the better teams in the, in the back third of that season. They had some momentum and Westbrook pulled the plug on. Yeah. And it was, it was a gift that Westbrook pulled the plug on it, to be honest with you. But what, I don't think the, I don't think the wizards were like looking to, to break that up. And you, there was uh, a fear. Do you, do you there was see... a fear that Beal would walk after uh, Westbrook asked out. You think, you think Washington's going to do something kind of, now they're feeling a little good, maybe get a little bit more depth or a little, a little more. Yeah, there's been there's been some uh, chatter about them looking at a guy like Jay Crowder. Um, there's I, I'm pretty confident there's been some discussions between the Wizards and Suns. You know, the, the, we've been talking about Jay Crowder now for two months. Um, it's obvious that it's a hard trade to pull off. Um you know, the Wizards have a bunch of guys who make decent salaries on their roster um, that they can use in trades. I do think that uh, I mentioned earlier, Denny Avia, Avida, I'm mispronouncing it. I'm sorry. Um, he's kind of proven that he can be like an effective defensive player. He's got really good size. I don't think he's ever going to be a star. I mean, he's a lottery pick. You hate to come to that terms, but I do think that there, I do think he's got some value. Um there are people in the league who like Rui Hachimura. Um, he again has he has not been the player that I thought he would be. Um, I was I was really high on him, and the team was too. I remember, you know, when he first got there, like the team was really trying to engage a Japanese market um, because they thought he was going to be a star there. He hasn't really, but you know, he does have some value. So. Um, I think there's a possibility that they could bring in another veteran, particularly if they can get what everybody wants, which is one of those three and D guys. You think um, Phoenix would want my one J I mean, uh, my, my want Rui. Well, Phoenix has been what they, what Phoenix has been looking for in return for a Jay Crowder deal is, uh, is a power forward. So you can, you know, you can look at the roster and you can identify that maybe Hachimura would be a guy, but they haven't made the deal yet. So, you know, there hasn't been a connection there, but um, just the fact that <clears throat> they would, um, uh, Denny Av- Avdia, as uh, Jackson, our producer is telling me, I botched it twice, Denny Avdia. Um, uh, you could, you could sort of make, you know, to be honest with you, if I was Phoenix now, again, this is me speaking. This is not what I've heard to be clear. I'd be interested in Avdia. I am interested in what he can do defensively, but I haven't heard that. I just have heard that those two sides have talked. So, um, but yeah, so let's, let's, you know, let's keep an eye on Washington. They're on the radar. Um, And also want to point out, we don't know the results of the MRI that are going on this morning back in um, Minnesota. Uh, Carl Towns went down in, um, in Washington on Monday night. Um, hopefully good news later. I know Woj reported that they were, that the, the initial testing looked like he avoided serious injury, which I assume is code for, they don't think it's the Achilles because if you saw the play, did you see the play Spears? Yeah. Yeah. Carl was running, Carl was running up the court and falls down and immediately turns around and looks for someone behind him. Yeah. And that is the, textbook situation that you often see in an Achilles tear. 
Yeah. And so that's what you're super worried about when you see that. Um, that's what every uh, Timberwolves fan was, was worried about. So Woj reporting that they hope that he avoided serious injury. They didn't say this, but it implies that maybe they think that he avoided an Achilles tear and that maybe it's a calf strain, which, by the way, that's not good. No. Calf strain is an injury that can set you back weeks, if not months. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're choosing between one or the other, it's pretty obvious. So uh, hopefully by the time this pod comes out, there's positive news. Hey, Brian, can I, give, can I give you some respect, man? And this isn't a, a shameless plug for you or anything. Well, maybe it is. But one thing I do like about this podcast is you talk about the, you don't talk about the obvious or the popular. You talk about what's relevant. So I don't know if this uh, matters to you at all, but no, I like that, man. Like, ain't nobody else talking about the Wizards or, or the Pelicans. Or like, <laughs> well, we, but, well, we have like, three this a week. Is like, yeah, but no, but <laughs> no, but I'm just saying it's like it's easy to talk Warriors. It's easy to talk Lakers all the time. We it's did lead the pod that came out on Monday with the Lakers. No, I, <laughs> but no, I get, no, no, I get it. I appreciate I just, it. Look, you, uh, but I know you make an effort to talk about things that are, are should be talked about. So that's, Well, uh, we celebrate the respect. entire NBA here. We try, we try to celebrate the NBA because um, while there's a lot of focus on the league that is, you know, sort of fluff and like I participate in that every day, but, you know, there's a lot. There's 30 teams and there's a lot going, every one of them are their own drama. So we try to talk about that. Um, we did just spend 30 and, minutes talking about Herb Jones. So I know. That, and listen, that, that, the people that are <laughs> that still just kind of tells you pod, about this pod, <clears throat> the people that are still listening on this pod through Pelicans talk and talk about African prospects and talk about um, the wizards that have reached this to hear that compliment. They are the people who will appreciate it. Because a lot of people probably would have bailed out a long time ago. Um, <laughs> all right. Thanks to Jackson, our producer. Thanks to Bruce as well. Thank you, Mr. Lopez. Thank you, Mr. Spears. We will talk to you with the Tims on Friday. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply.